You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. This episode is brought to you by Palo Alto Networks, the leader in cybersecurity. As AI-driven attacks increase, organizations can't afford to have network security that's stuck in the past. Discover how Palo Alto Networks can help you predict what's coming and proactively secure against it with a zero-trust, AI-powered network security platform built to secure whatever, whenever, wherever. To learn more, visit paloaltonetworks.com slash network security platform. An NSA employee is charged with willful retention of national defense information. A look back at the other three alleged NSA leakers, Snowden, Martin, and Winner. The UK expresses official misgivings about Kaspersky products. And more Uber executives depart the company. I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Monday, December 4th, 2017. Last Friday, it was announced that Nia Huang Fo entered a guilty plea in the U.S. District Court for the District of Maryland to charges of willful retention of national defense information. Between 2010 and May 2015, he took quantities of classified information home, both in hard copy and on his laptop. According to charging documents unsealed Friday, Fo was formerly a developer with the National Security Agency's Tailored Access Operations Unit, the TAO. He faces up to 10 years in prison. Bo is free until his sentencing, which is scheduled for April 6, 2018. The laptop Fo used to take classified information home to Ellicott City, Maryland, is the one that's long been discussed in connection with the U.S. government's ban on Kaspersky software. He is said to have had a Kaspersky security product installed, which detected some of the sensitive files he'd placed on his machine which would appear to make him the long-discussed but not until Friday publicly identified third man. Kaspersky acknowledges that it did detect the files but denies having read them or done anything with them. Reports aren't calling Foe the source of the leaks that went to the shadow brokers, so that particular mole hunt seems to remain an ongoing one. Nor do any of the other notorious NSA leakers appear to be the shadow brokers' source. It's worth reviewing their stories— The first and most famous is Edward Snowden, about whom this audience will already know a great deal. Mr. Snowden, now a resident in Moscow, was a systems administrator employed by an NSA contractor who, on May 20, 2013, fled Hawaii for Hong Kong with extensive information about U.S. electronic surveillance operations. He had contacted journalist Glenn Greenwald, then writing for The Guardian, on December 1, 2012, so his leaks were some months at least in preparation. The material he took was subsequently published in The Guardian and elsewhere. On June 21, 2013, the U.S. Department of Justice charged Snowden with two counts of violating the Espionage Act of 1917. Two days later, Snowden arrived in Moscow, where he's enjoyed asylum since. He represents his motivation for leaking as arising from a concern for civil liberties and the threat mass surveillance could pose to them. The second leaker, Harold T. Hal Martin III, was also a contractor working for NSA. The FBI arrested him during a raid on Mr. Martin's Glen Burnie, Maryland home on August 21, 2016. 
A search of the premises revealed a large quantity of highly classified material, some of it in electronic form, some of it in hard copy. On August 27, 2016, Martin was charged with theft of government property and unauthorized removal or retention of classified documents or materials by government employee or contractor. He entered a plea of not guilty in October of 2016 and remains in custody awaiting trial. Martin's motives in taking the material remain obscure. His ex-wife, who generally spoke well of him, characterized Martin as a patriot, a workaholic, and a bit of a pack rat. He's said to have taken the material from his NSA workplace by simply walking out with it. The third leaker, Reality Winner, was also a contractor working for NSA. Ms. Winner was arrested on June 3, 2017, after a relatively quick investigation prompted by a publication's attempt to authenticate what appeared to be a classified NSA document a source had passed them. The publication was The Intercept, and the source, identified by telltale marks on the document that established where it had been printed, was allegedly Miss Winner. She's been charged with violating the Espionage Act of 1917, she's pled not guilty, and she remains in jail awaiting her trial. Her motives appear to be political disaffection, evidenced in some fairly noisy social media posts, associating herself with the resistance to the current U.S. administration and to offering the Iranian people solidarity in the face of U.S. aggression. She's said to have told investigating FBI agents that she folded the stolen document and concealed it in her clothing. The ease with which the alleged leakers and mishandlers of classified information walked out with sensitive material is striking. The only one who seems to have used much thought in how one steals secrets is Edward Snowden. If it's true that Mr. Foe really did take stuff home to help him polish up his resume, this perhaps argues a certain culture of casual disregard for security measures, as if familiarity with the secret world breeds contempt for it. We hope not. They all certainly knew better than to squirrel classified material away in their homes and personal devices. Mr. Foe's case strikes observers as particularly baffling and egregious, since, as federal charging documents state, Foe works for NSA tailored access operations, regarded as an especially sensitive and important part of the agency, and not a place accustomed to employing callow or clueless rookies. To return to Kaspersky, the security company continues to say it did nothing improper and that it would decline any request to participate in espionage it might receive from the Russian government. Cooperation with the Russian government in criminal investigations, Kaspersky says, is of course a different matter. But skepticism about Kaspersky products has spread from the U.S. government to at least one of the other five eyes. On Friday, Kieran Martin, director of the U.K.'s National Cybersecurity Center, advised permanent departmental secretaries that Kaspersky software should not be used in systems holding information that would damage British national security if it were accessed by the Russian government. Following GCHQ's lead, Barclays Bank Saturday stopped its practice of offering free Kaspersky security products to customers as a perk, so there are signs the private sector is following the public sector's lead. Finally, developments in the Uber breach investigation, as well as in litigation involving Alphabet and Waymo, coincide with three more departures by Uber executives. The company hasn't said the departures were prompted by documents that surfaced appearing to describe discreditable competitive and data security practices, but of course there's widespread speculation that this was indeed the case. The executives worked in international, business operations, and physical security divisions of the ride-sharing company. 
There's rising sentiment to do something about the companies knowingly concealing data breaches. One example, a bill introduced into the U.S. Senate last week that would provide jail time for executives found to have concealed data breaches. everybody, I want to take a few minutes here and talk about our sponsor, Splunk. You know, you need to keep operations humming around the clock, but potential disruptions are everywhere. Splunk helps you predict problems and find and fix issues fast so you can reduce risk and ditch downtime. The world's largest enterprises rely on Splunk's unified security and observability platform to become more efficient, resilient, and innovative. With Splunk, you can react quickly, evolve faster, and be ready for anything. Stay ahead of disruptions. Learn more at splunk.com slash resilience. In the complex world of enterprise identity, securing legacy web apps at scale can be daunting. Strata Identity makes it simple. With Strata, you can effortlessly integrate non-standard apps with any identity service, like MFA or SSO, with zero coding and zero hassle. Designed by identity architects for identity architects, Strata works with every vendor, standard and app architecture. This means your apps can now speak modern protocols and integrate seamlessly with your chosen identity services. From securing on-prem web apps to migrating away from outdated identity providers or consolidating them, Strata helps you keep your complex access policies as you modernize your identity infrastructure and get rid of technical debt. Join leading organizations like 3M, Dallas County, and CIBC in securing your apps with Strata. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity security priorities, and receive a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations with over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. And joining me once again is Johannes Ulrich. He's from the Sands Technology Institute, and he's also the host of the ISC Stormcast podcast. Uh, Johannes, welcome back. Um, you know, these recent stories about Kaspersky, I think, brought to a lot of people's attention the fact that there's a lot of data that these antivirus companies can pull from your systems. Yeah, and uh, it really sort of brought us to the forefront, really, to, to, to public attention, that if you're running anti-malware on your system, there is a chance that if the anti-malware software finds some interesting binary on your system, it will exfiltrate that uh, to the antivirus company for further analysis. And you know, for the most part, that's something we really want to have happen. There is a suspicious binary. The antivirus software can't really... Uh, Put its finger on whether it's malicious or not. So, in some ways, a great service for antivirus companies to actually look at this closer, maybe run it through some more sophisticated checks, or even do manual analysis on this. But um, on the other hand, you don't know what's really being exfiltrated here, and a lot of confidential data may actually be exfiltrated that way as well. Yeah, you're really giving them, you know, broad permission to pull just about anything they want off of your system. Correct. And actually, it's not just the antivirus companies. One service where I see this happen very often is VirusTotal. 
uh, where companies upload documents to VirusTotal because VirusTotal has this great service where it runs it through 40, 50 different antivirus tools. But at the same time, you're uploading this document to this third party, VirusTotal. And the researchers have full access to all files being uploaded to VirusTotal. It's very easy to get that access. So in some ways, you're leaking data here if you aren't sure that uh, the document that you're uploading is actually malicious and free of proprietary content. Because the other issue that you have sometimes is that, yes, the document is malicious, but it is malicious because an attacker attached, for example, malicious content to an otherwise benign and confidential document. So now by exfiltrating as you intend to this malicious uh, content uh, to VirusTotal, to your antivirus vendor, you're also sending that uh, proprietary content, which, of course, can be a big problem. Right. So you can have, uh, you know, the company's financials, which happen to be infected by someone else, and uh, it's being sent up to the antivirus vendor or maybe virus total. Correct. Uh, similar also with crypto ransomware. There are some sites that, for example, you can upload an encrypted document to to identify what variety of crypto ransomware you were infected with or whether there is a way to decrypt it. Of course, uh, if there is a way to decrypt it, then the recipient of that document may as well do it and is now in the hand of the proprietary content. Hmm. All right. Well, it's a cautionary tale for sure. Johannes Ulrich, thanks for joining us. With over 8,000 threat hunters analyzing over 65 trillion signals daily, Microsoft works tirelessly with the federal government to keep our nation's data secure. This 30-plus year partnership is driving mission innovation that is secure by design. Whether optimizing your existing defenses or tackling advanced threats with AI, Microsoft gives you the intelligence and the automation you need to defend at mission scale. Let's work together to stay ahead of emerging threats and secure your mission anywhere. Learn more at aka.ms slash fedcyber. That's aka.ms slash fedcyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Managing the requirements for modern security programs is increasingly challenging and time-consuming. Enter Vanta. Vanta gives you one place to centralize and scale your security program, quickly assess risk, streamline security reviews, and automate compliance for ISO 27001, SOC 2, and more. You can leverage Vanta's market-leading trust management platform to unify risk management and secure the trust of your customers. Plus, use Vanta AI to save time when completing security questionnaires. CyberWire daily listeners can get $1,000 off by going to vanta.com slash cyber. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash cyber. Cyber.